0: You frozen oh you were just meditating
1: oh i was just <sighs> we just took a deep and cleansing breath to join you all today so if you haven't taken one yet please feel free to use this as your reminder to take a deep and cleansing breath
0: so needed sometimes
1: i love that we have a new team right now that's really great and fabulous and wonderful and i love that one of our new team members recently showed up to a call and was like let me just take one second to arrive here and i was like oh i'm in love with you <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that was perfect. They were like, "We need a moment."
1: Yeah, let me just—I shoot, yeah. like I've been on calls all day. Let me just take a moment to arrive, and I was like, "Oh yeah, the alignment is real." Correct. <laughs>
0: yeah, we manifested each other. Anyway, hello. 10.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Hi. Good evening.
0: Hi. How's everyone doing today? Good.
1: That's Gabby. Good. I'm Meadow. In case you're new here,
0: we never—we don't really say that. What if people only hear
1: our voices? I wonder
0: what people think we look like when they hear Don't our we voice. have an intro that plays before the episode that sounds oh, like our name? We do, don't we? Yeah, probably I'm Meadowlark and I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary, the podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community.
1: And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And.
0: Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people?
1: Yeah, I only watch us on YouTube because I think we're cute. <laughs> I mean, It's almost yeah. my season. The narcissism is going to just go up. I'm so sorry in advance.
0: But you know what? It just, it, yes. Um, I want to acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's hold space for your narcissism.
0: Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but then also with the YouTube thing, I think it just, listen, whatever floats your boat, guys, but we do have a YouTube. I feel like people don't really know that we publish full video episodes because I get it. If you're at work, like you're not watching a YouTube video, you're just listening to a pod. I feel like you. But if you're working from home and you want to put us on your TV screen.
1: It's fun. We hang out. No
0: one's mad at that. No one's mad at it. I put on makeup for this. So like.
1: I surely didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? My nose is less red and now it's in the peeling stage. Mm. So we're healing. Is it really peeling a lot? Oh yeah, so much. But I have two hero products I was going to post about them. I have this French pharmacy that I don't think anyone knows about product that's incredible that I've been putting on and layering with skin food, like really, really thick. And so Mm. it's like doing gorgeously. By the time I see you this weekend, it'll be.
0: I'm so excited to see you. I'm going to give you your birthday present very early.
1: I'm so excited. Well, I gave you
0: yours, what, four months late? So
1: that adds up for us. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Can't wait. Selfishly, I just want you to have it now. I know, because you want to talk about it. You've told me. Yeah. And like, who doesn't want like a cheeky little (laughs) early birthday gift to
1: start celebrating their month? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You're going to initiate me into the season. I hope you like it. I'm going to hate it.
0: No, I feel like you will (laughs) like it. (laughs) But like, I'm I'm like on the off chance that you don't lie,
1: you know? Well, first of all, I would never lie. Second of all, I'm going <laughs> to like anything you give me. Like you have great taste. We like, Thank you. we like so much of the same things. Like I'm going to love it.
0: Good. Cause I got myself one too.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. If you like it enough to get it for yourself, I'm going to, I'm going to want it. Well, I wanted us to
0: have matching and you'll understand oh, why you'll understand okay. why when I give it to you, it'll make sense.
1: I also, just to talk about Maddie real quick, because it's going to be our season, I'm making her a painting and Mm -hmm. I'm using the poem that I found at the poetry tree that's been on my fridge for fucking weeks. That's like kind of, it's called reincarnation. It's about like who would want to reincarnate as an oyster. So it would really all go together and I'm going to like write it on the painting
0: Maddie is an oyster girl, if anyone's really confused as to why that's the theme of this. Also, watch this be the one episode in her entire life that she listens to. It won't be, but imagine. There's no way. She's too busy. There's no way. She's working
1: way too hard. Let Maddie Bragg live. Hashtag let Maddie Bragg live. Hashtag free Maddie Bragg.
0: (laughs) We'll make merch. We start commenting that. (laughs) She has no idea what's going on because she's on the internet. (laughs) There's a whole movement. She was now.
1: We're we're leading it. She'd be like, I fucking hate you guys. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: so funny. Oh, it's too much. man, 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 man.
1: Anyway, I am very thrilled that I'm talking to you in the morning because we've been doing a lot of afternoon recordings and I very much like to start my day with you. Oh, that's really nice. Well, it's also kind of selfish because I saw a TikTok the other day that was about how people that work from home, it was some guy being like, you got to have one more human interaction before you go out in public. Because I'm either getting black cat energy or golden retriever energy. And it's y'all are weird. And I was like, if I don't talk to Gabby multiple times a day before interacting with other human beings, some guy with a Trump hat on tried to say hi to Mahal and I panicked.
0: Like I need to, I need my social warm up. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's really funny. Um, See, I can't tell. Here's, here's the double-edged sword. Meadow and I have been talking a lot and I don't know if this is your unpacking. Maybe it is because we didn't say we are unpacking. Well, I told you mine, but you didn't tell me yours. Meadow and I have been talking a lot about the way we are organizing our calendars. Oh, it's my unpacking. (laughs) Okay, great. So this will lead into that conversation, but we've been talking a lot about that. And when you just said, I like starting my morning with you, like, yes, love that human interaction, but I will. And the thing is, it's good for the listeners and it's good for me when we do this in the morning because our energy is like more up and we're less distracted. Yes. But sometimes those afternoon ones get a little chaotic and they're kind of fun because it's like second coffee energy, which is always a little chaotic. It's like Patreon energy. Yes. But if I'm thinking about like my freelancer, I'm my own boss self, morning recordings really do not do it for me because now, now I'm distracted for the rest of the day. Like it's hard for me to refocus. Oh, interesting. When I have like, I have a light, like I have, like I have to put all the shit away. And then for some reason, my brain is now like in creator mode. So lately what I've been doing is because we record on the same day of the week, every week, I make that my like content creation. day. Like, no, like I make it like, okay, I'm going to look cute. If I have to film a YouTube video, if I have to film a TikTok, if I have to like edit anything for social, if I have to like edit a video, like I make this my like content day. Okay, got it. And then obviously if I have deadlines, I'll I'll adjust accordingly because my brain is now like in this.
1: Well, do you want to switch to afternoon? Because I don't mind. I mean, technically. No, 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 no. Now it works for me
0: since now this is my content day. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, right, right. That's fair. Also put on a hat. Remember when we got into the Huberman thing where it said creative energy is in the morning and the afternoon's mm-hmm. more analytical. But if you lower your visual ceiling, like putting on a hat, it allows you to focus into those detail-oriented tasks mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm.
0: And quite frankly, it is better in the morning because at least I can give myself a moment to refocus, even if I'm just like cleaning up. Because if we do it in the afternoon... Usually we won't record later than three and then we're done by four. And then I'm like, well, I guess my day is done. Cause now I really can't focus. I'm like, yeah, my day doesn't yeah, need to exactly. be at four, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Same. Yeah. I totally feel that anyway. Okay. Well that was, that was a gorgeous transition for me. Okay. Yay. So thank you for setting me up for that because we've obviously been talking about this a lot offline But I had some other recent, like, little mini realizations recently that kind of all contribute to this. So overall, I'm kind of unpacking the balance between intuitive living and being responsible and disciplined, which is kind of like a masculine-feminine dynamic. But I digress. So for it all started, I had a shower realization the other day. The best kind. Where... The best kind, right? They always come to you in the shower. I was thinking back to how, when I was working for NAMI and like corporate nonprofits and nine to five, I was so stifled and was like really struggling and like could not focus and hated the schedule. And like, I was not, not, not doing well. And I remember my mom one time telling me when I was talking to her about it back then being like, it's just not for me. I can't do this, whatever. She was like, yeah, neither could your dad. Like my dad came home one day and jumped in the pool with all his clothes on. It was just like (laughs) floating into oblivion. He was like, I can't (laughs) do it anymore. Like she, exactly. She always, she like always brought that up as an example. And I was like, this is me. It's in my blood. And then I was like, oh, entrepreneurship suits me because it's fucking school. And I crush school. Calls and meetings are classes I have to show up to at a certain time. Everything else is my own workload up to my own schedule, me to figure mm. out and do what I want and work around my – and I was like, it's school. It's a school schedule and, and it's I accountability. fucking crush school. And it's accountability. Like College. It's given so, college. It, that's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, not high school, college. But so that really clicked for me and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun because I do consider myself a lifelong student and so much what I do is like also having to keep myself constantly educated about – mental health research and yada, yada, yada. So I really liked that comparison. But then as we kind of mentioned in the beginning, we have a new team. Hello. And I have a new team for consulting. And it's like mm-hmm. the most people I've had to manage in an entrepreneurship yet, obviously not as much as when I used to be an actual manager for a nonprofit, but it's like really fun to get back into that. Cause I think we're great leaders by the way, <laughs> but I will say like this, this whole balance of like really leaning on my intuitive energy and like how I plan things. I remember even at the nonprofit, I had a boss that wanted every single task you were going to do, like the to-do list laid out in the calendar, minute to minute, which one you were going to do and when. And I was like, I cannot, I made I, it up every just week. That's
0: micromanaging.
1: Yeah. Well, she was an insane boss, but I was like, I just, I can't like, that's not the way my mind works. And like, sometimes we've talked about this a lot. Like sometimes I feel like. Really creative in the morning, but it's like whether I'm going to write an article for someone else or this project that TMV is working on that requires writing or something else is like up to me and which one I'm like feeling drawn to. Mm -hmm. But so I, I try to batch calls strategically But I'm just, I'm just finding the balance between like being intuitive and using my own energy to show up for work in the way that I know I can and like live that day to day with balancing the responsibilities of like having a lot of people around you that rely on you and like needing to show up for other people and also like be effective.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I'm like still playing with that duality. But I think, you know, I, I haven't dove much deeper into human design since we Mm. Did that for the first time in that previous episode. But I will say as a manifesting generator, like I have my hands in like a lot of different things and that really suits me. And I really need to have, it's the same way I approach, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place today. It's the same way I approach my morning routine. Like I have a set list of things I like to do in the mm-hmm. morning. Each morning looks a little bit different because yeah. I just show up and meet myself where I'm at and do different stuff. But so to Decev- like the balance between those two and granted, it's still new for us, right? This is like mm-hmm. a new chapter of thoughts may vary internally. And so I'm still riding that balance. Talking to the mic babe. I'm still riding that balance. But it's just interesting. It's interesting to play with and it's interesting to realize the way I show up in masculine and feminine energies in the in my like creativity process and creating process cuz so much of our tasks are creative too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been a it's been a learning curve for me yeah. at this point in time. And so that's kind of what I'm unpacking and rolling
0: with. I think that's so real and something that I'm sure everyone listening can relate to on some level and also you've been to give you credit, you've been a lot more receptive to changing in oh, that way. I'm which trying is, to be.
1: Yeah, which is good. Because it's not n- natural for me, <laughs> which feel, you know.
0: <laughs> no, I feel you because I'm the same way. I'm like, you tell me what to do? mm I don't react that well <laughs> to that. I like telling people what to do, but I don't like you telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it's very specific things because like then – I loved, I loved being an assistant. Like I really like right. that because there's a certain right. part that you can like, you're obviously always thinking cause you're thinking ahead and trying to stay like a step in front of your boss to be proactive, but you can also kind of turn your brain off a little bit because you don't mm-hmm. have to like, like they're, they're just throwing things at you. So your prioritization brain needs to be turned on, but everything else is like someone's telling you what to do all the time.
1: Right. You know what I mean? The
0: execution mm-hmm.
1: is a little easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But yes, you can wait for you to been, hire our assistants. Oh God. I can't wait to interview them. <laughs> I... Oh, which, by the way, tell me if anyone thinks this is interesting. I really want to make a TikTok series about like how to be the best intern no, slash you assistant. Need to because you need I was a really fucking that. good intern and I was a really fucking good assistant.
1: Yeah, and people need those lessons. And what do you always say? Those skills are transferable. I would love to see that from you as a consumer. Like of if your I content. could just
0: duplicate me for an yeah. assistant. My mom yes. tells me that all the time. She's like, "I wish I could duplicate you." And I'm yeah. like. <laughs> I do too, quite frankly. Yeah. But then I get like jealous. Like when I left my old job, my boss, her assistant now, who I recently met, she, she's fucking great. And she's another Latina, which like, I adore. And she's so great. And I remember I went to New York and I was seeing my old boss and I met her new assistant. And then like, we closed the door and my boss was like, she's just like you. And I was like, Yes, you're like, like, part, like, part of me was so happy, The exactly part of me was I like so jealous. Where I was like, "But is she better? Like, oh. what's going on?" <laughs> but oh my
1: god! But yes, this is
0: really real, and I'm glad you brought it up to the to the people. And you are doing a good job. Do you want to like share a little bit about things that you're doing that you feel? I mean, you shared a little bit of like batching calls, which we talked. Lauren um, from the Skinny Confidential, we heard talk about that on her TikTok of how she like batches all of yeah. her calls. Um Smart so that her brain doesn't need to be switching back and forth, which I thought was really smart and like obvious advice that I was like, why the fuck did I not? Was I not doing that? I know we were trying to a little bit, but like now I'm being a lot more rigid about it.
1: Absolutely. I'd say it's a little bit more unique and nuanced for me because like the way I show up for, consulting calls and, like, TMV calls Mm -hmm. is so different than coaching calls. Mm -hmm. And, like, part of my job really requires me to be grounded and centered and, like, leave all my shit at the door and show up really authentically and be a mirror to someone else. And in order for me to do that, I have to do, like, a lot of self-care things. And I try to do a lot of prep before going into those calls Mm -hmm. to be as intentional and grounded and sacred as a container as possible. So that's – I think that's also the other piece that gets a little tricky is, like – I love having a job that uses my own like spirituality and self-care as an excuse. Like I have to do it in order to perform for a job, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's really cool for me. I love that excuse because that's everything I'm into and what I like to study and be a part of anyway. But I will say like having that be also included in like the nine to five is that's, that gets a little tricky to kind of compartmentalize that. Or like if I'm on calls all day and then I have an hour and a half to like eat lunch and then also get grounded before going into coaching, it just like requires a really big shift in me. So I think I'm still experimenting with what ways I can move things around. What days can I show up for certain things at certain times? Like, where do I still need to be intuitive? Like what, new practices can I implement to kind of like bring me into those switches? You know how you you, you were talking about going to therapy and how it's so nice to drive and have that mm-hmm. space in between. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to come up with my own practices and rituals, like whether it's making a tea and being like super grounded, taking deep breaths, watching the way I swirl the water mm-hmm. into it. Like I'm just trying to put a lot of intention into these little breaks in between this version of me and that version of me and the, who needs to show up for what task. No, I love that. I'm still kind of playing with it. But if anyone has any tips for how they do that, I would love
0: to hear. I think also just by the nature of working from home, because I know that the days that you have coaching, you need to give yourself like 30, you, you've you told me like a 30 minute cushion on either end type yeah, of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I feel like for those, but because we work from home, it's like, we have to think about what we're going to have for lunch every day, which you have to do everywhere, exactly. obviously. But it's like, now you got to cook, now you got to clean. So I wonder if like you thinking about that in advance and like meal prepping lunches, I have a, there's like a
1: really organic bougie meal delivery service that I want so badly. Mm. And I'm like, it's not that much money. If I'm buying food out a lot already, like, might as well just do it because it's going to make
0: me so much more productive during the day. When I was at a job, like, I would go pick up lunch and I'd eat at my desk.
1: I also don't have a dishwasher, like,
0: literally making a lunch and cleaning up alone. Do you have to clean up after lunch or can you just leave the dish? Can you just run some water on it? I do do it at night. You
1: know. I do, but still, even like I don't know. I you know, I've complained about this before. How are people knowing how to wash their hairbrushes and like do their laundry and do your dishes if you don't have a dishwasher and show up to your nine to five? There's work out, walk your dog. There's a lot to do in a day. There is a lot to do in the day.
0: There's a lot to do in a day. That's why we I like do it. Kind of being
1: flexible with it. Oh, we can totally do it.
0: <laughs> we can do <laughs> it. No. <laughs> yeah. I've started to give myself, by the way, like the like the laundry and all of that Sunday to Sunday, babe.
1: But anyway, I'm very, I will say in this process of like learning the intuitive dance and the balance and like discipline and organization versus intuition and creativity, I will say I'm being really, thank you for telling me I'm being open. I think I am being very open and receptive. I think I'm being experimental. I'm trying to be a good team player and I'm like giving myself grace while I figure it out.
0: We're all learning. That's that. What are you unpacking? Mm, I was really thrilled because I posted a video. As a, like it was like a response to Becky G did an interview with Jay Shetty, wow. love yes. both of them, and yes. Becky had posted a clip talking about the ni de aquí, ni de not from here, mm-hmm. not from there, narrative, and this sort of two hundred percent experience of mm-hmm. why do I need to be fifty percent? She's talking in her case like fifty percent Mexican, fifty percent American. Like why can't I just? have 100% of both my cultures and, like, just move that way? Like, why do I need to piece myself apart to satisfy anybody else? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I've heard her talk about this before, and it's why I'm such a fan. One of the reasons I'm such a fan of her, because she had a lot of fucking resistance when she moved from singing in English to singing in Spanish. Like, it was a big fucking deal, Mm. and people were not thrilled about it. And Wow forget about like the machismo within the industry that are like in the in the Latin industry of like women don't sell tickets women like can't sell records like you have to be like just showing your body and like that's what's gonna sell and then couple that with like the Latin community not being receptive and being like she's a gringa she's not even like she Mm. wasn't even born in mexico like this chick's from america like her spanish isn't perfect like fuck that And so I've always like kept up with her having these conversations. And so I heard this clip that she did and I immediately was like filming a TikTok (laughs) because I related to it and I knew that like- Let me in coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know obviously like I'm not the only person that feels this way. And I was just really Mm -hmm. happy at the reception of it in terms of not feeling like half of it you're happy because you're like, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So like glad Mm -hmm. it, it resonated with people. But then also I'm like, fuck, it sucks that like that many people. This is feel. such a ubiquitous
1: experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And a lot of people messaged me and were like, please talk about it on the podcast. And it's something that I have wanted to talk about. And like, I've told Meadow and she totally agrees. Like, I definitely want to have other guests on where we can like share this experience more because this isn't, Yeah. this isn't like a Latin thing. This is anyone who Yes. has like multiple, I guess, like identities to them or yeah. any, any child of any immigrant. Like it's not mm-hmm. unique just to my Cuban American experience, but yeah, the the conversation that I was just having and that I think so much about was just how loud that narrative was and continues to be of mm-hmm. not from here, not from there and how out of place it can make you feel. And I know that like mm-hmm. I personally just felt that so much. And growing up in a city like Miami, where first of all, like you're surrounded by Latins. Mm -hmm. And while that's like so beautiful to see yourself, even if like at the time we weren't being represented in media, like at least I could like look around and see myself around people because there's just so many Cubans in particular, but it was just really loud. And I'm like, where do I want to even start with this? Because there's so much there. And now I feel like I'm being flooded with like so many random memories. I feel like Raven having a fucking vision, but (laughs) I guess I'll start with like what I was talking about in the video just like, aside from like the older generation of like, you know, how the parents were, which I'll talk about in a second, but like just from my peers and my generation, I always felt like, and this wasn't necessarily from the Cubans, this was from the other Hispanics and Latins that like I grew up around, particularly the ones that weren't from Caribbean places, like Mm. whether they they weren't Dominican, they weren't Puerto Rican, they weren't Cuban and the sort of like elitism that came with that. And there's just like such a stigma around the way that Caribbean Latin speaks Spanish and Mm. how it's like not classy and it's not educated and the accent is like trashy and you're just seen as like trash. And I remember growing up being in Spanish class with a lot of these kids those kids that weren't caribbean their parents like only spoke to them in spanish and they spoke perfect perfect spanish mm-hmm. and they would just like sh- we were all in the same like AP spanish class but they would just like shit on the way that i spoke spanish because like not only was my spanish not as good as theirs but i like i'm talking like people would like laugh in class like if i had to like mm-hmm. read a passage or like whatever and Shit on me being like, you don't speak Spanish. Like the amount of times that I heard that of like you don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish, slash mm-hmm. then being like, well, you're just like a fucking Cubanasa with like your accent that like because I had an accent that like wasn't exactly like theirs, my Spanish was automatically trash. So it's like you have that side, but then you also are like, so then you're trying to like assimilate to have a very neutral accent. Like, if you talk to my parents, like, neither of them sound really Cuban. Like, my mom, unless she's around her family, and even then she sounds way more Puerto Rican because she left Cuba when she was five mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. but, like, it's only when she's around her family. So it's, like, then you think about the older generation of, like, what that must have been like for my parents coming to a country that's not their home and feeling, like, you need to whitewash yourself and assimilate as fucking quickly mm-hmm. as possible if you want to be successful. And then mm-hmm. couple that with just, like, my mom being a woman in the workplace, like, a woman in business that was like doubled. So like it wasn't until Mm -hmm. I was out of college living in New York and really trying to like call in Latin friends that didn't make me feel shitty, (laughs) quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. those people that were the first ones to tell me, of course you don't fucking speak perfect Spanish. You grew up in America. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Your parents like were like speaking to you in England. Like, yeah, even though my parents spoke to me in Spanish, they didn't force me to speak to them in Spanish back. Like I spoke to mm-hmm. my family and some of my family members in Spanish and like you're in Miami. So you're just speaking in Spanish to people in general. But like, of course my parents didn't want me to have an accent mm-hmm. because then like people would know, like you're found mm-hmm. out. So it's like mm-hmm. be that, but like, then you still need to be Latina. And then like, mm-hmm. so you have people in this country telling you like, no, 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 you're Latin. Trust mm-hmm. me, you're Latin. And then you have people like on the Latin side being like, oh, you're just a gringa. Like you're not. It's so isolating. Like you're not even from there. Yeah. And then like, and then it just shifts too, right? Like that was happening there. And then I remember I went to college and I was put in a space where I wasn't in Miami anymore. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't talk to any of the kids that were from, I had went to school with a lot of South Americans. I wouldn't talk to any of them in Spanish. I was like scared to be friends with them because I was like embarrassed to speak Spanish around them because of just that narrative that I had heard that yeah. they then reinforced. So then I'm friends mm-hmm. with all these American kids. And then I'm now to them, like this token, yep. hot, yeah. like spicy Latina. Oh yeah. Where yeah. it's only convenient for me to be that when they are playing bad bunny at a club or right. they're like, think it's hot or like want mm-hmm. you to like Act, talk like this and act a certain way and like mm-hmm. you know have like more meat on your body because you're latina and they can grab like mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it was but then it's like no we can't actually date you because
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the parents won't like you need you're not from our culture we just get to
1: exploit you and make you our fantasy
0: Then in the latin group it's like well i can't date you either because i can't speak perfect spanish and your parents aren't gonna like me mm. because your parents live in south america and mm-hmm. like they're not gonna mm-hmm. they're not gonna like that So it was always this, it just like left me always feeling really like, where the fuck do I belong? And even now, like in my career, there are so many things that I've wanted to do with the Latin community. And I feel, and I've never said this out loud, but like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I've fallen short with like giving back to my community and like and and holding and creating spaces for my community and like literally making me emotional talk about it because like Mm. it means so much to me to be part of this community but I almost feel like I can't represent it properly and I feel like I can't Mm. like it stops it's it scares me from like wanting to give interviews in Spanish or like Mm. reach out to certain you know celebrities that I want to interview but I'm like fuck I like I can't give the, can I give the full interview in Spanish? Like, are they going to feel comfortable talking to me? Like, it makes me stop myself and double, like, just like do a double take mm. on even just like work stuff and even forget mm. about work stuff, just like giving back to my community in a way, because I feel like mm. who am I to be able to like give back to my community when like, I don't, it's like, I don't even know where I fit, you know? Yeah. It's really weird. And like I know I'm not the only one because like you guys sent me such Mm -hmm. sweet DMs and like asking me to talk about this. I don't know. It's a really shitty, weird feeling when you Mm -hmm. feel like you have to give pieces of yourself rather Mm -hmm. than be able to just show up as like your whole self and that be Mm -hmm. fine.
1: First of all, thank you so much for sharing because like you said, like this is a very, very ubiquitous experience. Yeah, like this is not I know so many of our listeners actually have like a similar background to you. So like that specific narrative, but also like I I grew up with a sister who was mixed that explained Mm -hmm. this to me my whole childhood granted mm-hmm. it's different. It was black community and a white community and she was adopted into a white family. And then I have my fiance talk about how like he obviously is mixed as well. And then even like coming from the South to here and like mm-hmm. the Southern accent versus a California accent, mm-hmm. like whichever way you want to pick up and drop people into these different buckets, like it's such a common experience. Yeah, And I'm really hoping You know, my favorite joke from Broad City is like, oh, you know, by the next generation, everyone's going to be caramel and queer. (laughs) Like, I'm really hoping that like that kind of helps allow people to show up as their full, unique, authentic selves. Because like how much more interesting is that to bring so much like every different piece of you and merge pieces together. Mm -hmm. And I think while I can't, obviously, I'm just a white woman that can't relate to that experience. When you were speaking, I found myself like also feeling emotional because that's how I feel about being queer. Yes,
0: and that's not something that we talked I, a lot about on here.
1: No, and it's bi awareness week, which I don't even call myself bi, but mm-hmm. it's it's that similar experience of like, oh, if you're bi, the queer community thinks like mm-hmm. you don't really count and you're not a part of it, but then all the straight people think you're not really gay, or if you're a man, you're you're just gay, you're not even bi, or like the way that kind mm-hmm. of experience fits in. So I feel very similarly to you and like not being able to like fully lean in or show Mm -hmm. up or express within that community or ride for the community in the way that you really want to and feel your identity as a part of it.
0: Yeah. So that piece of it,
1: I I feel deeply in my
0: heart. That's what I'm saying. Like this isn't a unique experience to like one community. This is for anybody who feels like they live at the intersection of anything. Yeah,
1: absolutely. What have been some of the ways, cause I know you obviously have like reconciled this deeply personally, I'm not saying anything is done or healed or finished, but I I know like versus you in college and high school, Gabby versus now, I have done a lot of reconciliation with your whole unique self. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that helped you get to that perspective or like show up as your whole unique self, at least in like our friendships? Mm -hmm. I think in your friendships right now, you've, you've called in more Latin friends. I know you still separate some of that, but I do think you like honor that a lot more. Than I heard that you have in the past. So I'd love yeah. to hear how you got there.
0: I mean, what's so funny is like the fact that I was even like having to call in Latin friends when growing up in a city like Miami is just, I know. cause it was just like a different thing. Like I just, I grew up with, yeah. I grew up around like a lot of the older generation, obviously, like I said earlier, is like, they're just trying to assimilate and mm-hmm. they want their kids to fit in and to assimilate yeah. and like for them not to feel othered. Cause it was survival. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with a lot of that. So it's like, I, I also like, I went to private school which was also yeah. a whole other thing too. So like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was a like a different part of Miami that like I wasn't a part of either and like whether that's the nature of I don't think it's like anyone's fault. Do you know what I mean? Like I was a fucking kid yeah. oh, growing yeah, up yeah, yeah, there yeah. and now hindsight's 2020 yeah. 20. and like the even like when Meadow and Maddie came to stay with me in Miami like I did so many things that I didn't do when I was growing up that now as an adult, I recognize as like, oh my God, look at all the beautiful things that my city has to offer that I wasn't mm-hmm. like, not that I wasn't exposed to, but like, just like I wasn't doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you know, even the other day I was like, I was with, I was with Zoe at a friend, like one of his friends' engagement parties. And we were talking to a friend of his who grew up in Miami, or he like oh, kind of cool. grew up in Miami, but his family is from there. And he's also half Cuban. And we were talking oh, wow. and I was like like China and his family is from a part of Miami that is like the largest Cuban population in Miami. Mm. And we were talking and I was like, oh my God, did you do this? And did you go here? And he was just like, we had a very different experience. And I was like, yeah, true. Fair. Yeah. So I grew up with a type of like Latinidad where it was like this very like We call it like a niña fina mentality, which is like, I'm like trying to like, what, how do I say it? It's like a, like an elegant little girl, Mm -hmm. like, like the Latin version of going to like, not etiquette school. What's it called? Like your cotillion? Cotillion. Yeah. Like that energy of like, you're a virgin, you're wearing your pearl Mm -hmm. earrings, you don't Mm -hmm. curse, you speak good, clear Mm -hmm. Spanish and Mm -hmm. like your hair is always brushed and straight and Mm -hmm. like. Niafina. Mm-hmm. And that is really what I was exposed to growing up. And I remember I would always tell my sister, my sister and I always say it, I'm like Mom's favorite my favorite version is Mom is when she comes back from Puerto Rico and when she spends time yeah, with her sister. we've
1: talked about that. and yeah. like,
0: I'm super close with that side of my family because they're kind of the only ones in my family that like, and look, they the older generation of that side, like still has their thing. But like my cousins and shit, it's like, they're the only, they're kind of the only ones in my family that like relaxed into like their actual culture. Mm -hmm. So when I left to answer your question, like when I was calling in Latin friends, it was like a very specific feeling, you know, that I'm like an emotional manifester. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, it was a feeling. And I just wanted to find people that allowed me to embrace like the beautiful lightness of my culture and like Mm -hmm. the play in my culture and the fun in my culture because we are the funnest fucking people in town and like the ones that are going to go out with me and like fucking bend over in a club and like shake our ass all night and like be sober by the way yeah and like let me speak in my fucked up spanish and like bring out a little bit of a cuban accent and like Mm -hmm. dress you know with like my stomach out and like my curves out. And so then the ones that I became friends with, it was like, I really was just calling that in. And it was those people that said to me what I said earlier. And they really helped heal that because Mm. they allowed me to like lean in and just like chill into who I am actually. And like the things that bring me joy. And like, I would, I wasn't as afraid to like practice my Spanish with them. And I would like learn new phrases and like pick up those Mm -hmm. phrases and feel like I could just like have fun, and then even that like opened up the whole door of like leaning into like my sensuality because yeah, it can't. Oh, it is like sure. Caribbean Latin culture is like. I just think of like the humidity and like the heat, and you're just sweating, mm-hmm. and like it's like you know it's like you know, how hot did you feel when you were in Miami? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And just like leaning like into that and emotionally, and literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. just like leaning, in, that was really healing for me. And I think a really, really big part of me, and I've said this before to my mom and my sister, sorry if you guys are listening, and, like, they've both kind of looked at me like I'm drama when I say this, but I I still Mm -hmm. haven't been to Cuba, and Mm -hmm. I feel like that will be a really healing part for me, and there's many reasons why I've been waiting for to be able to go with my mom, and there's, like, just reasons why, like, she hasn't gone back, obviously, and, like, Mm -hmm. I can't put that pressure on her it it, I feel like it because I've never been there and I grew up across the street from Cuba literally like fucking 90 miles away yeah it makes me feel like I have no like there's a giant hole and like question mark over like where I'm from and I have a little bit of fear about going to because I'm like will I feel accepted there I've heard Mm. from people who have gone that like are Cuban but like Cuban-American and, like, grew up in America that, like, it is just such a welcoming... Like, everything we, like, hope and dream Mm. that we, like, hear about our culture of just being very welcoming and that to, like, Cubans of other generations, Mm -hmm. this giant, giant, giant piece of me that just feels really confused and it's funny because like my sister who's older than me speaks better Spanish like way better Spanish than I do Mm -hmm. and my mom has always been like it's so funny that she speaks better Spanish but like you're more Latina oh because I and not to take that away from my sister whatsoever no 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 no. it's just it's so fucking important to me like this culture all I listen to is fucking Spanish music like it is it is just so I always knew that I was gonna like either end up with Someone who has Latin in them, or like end up with someone who had that intersectionality that could understand this. Yeah. Because it's really fucking hard to talk to people who don't get it because you feel like right. you're just being a weenie about everything. You're not a weenie hut, Junior. It's so valid and so real. Thanks.
1: I wonder if when you're speaking about like hearing that Cuba is exactly what you want it to be in that welcoming culture, I'm reminded of when Aaron went to the Philippines for the first mm. time and he talks about like going out mm-hmm. deep into the jungle in the province and everyone like crying and being like oh the son of ricardo is home and like that welcoming nature i wonder if this sort of like hierarchical you're not in this group you're not in that group like do Mm. you feel i know it is a ubiquitous experience do you feel like it's compounded in america like do you feel like it's because when you when people go back to those Mm. like thinking about you returning to cuba or him returning to the philippines and that being less of an experience there versus how deep that trauma is here
0: I wonder if that also adds what do you mean compounded here like do you feel like it's just really like loud here yeah maybe that's the way to say it yeah I mean yeah I think because like America is the land of assimilation (laughs) so I think Jay said something on that podcast that really resonated where he was like you spend your entire life being told to fit in stand in line do as you're told Mm -hmm. don't stand Mm -hmm. out like don't be a problem Mm -hmm. but then when you get older the entire narrative is about how are you different how are you new, exactly. unique? Exactly. What skills do exactly. you bring to the table? Exactly. How are you going to brand yourself? And you're like, what the fuck? I've spent yeah. my entire adolescence, like childhood, and like young adulthood yeah. just trying to fit in. What do you mean? Yeah. Who am I? I'm exactly what right. you wanted me to be. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. Like that question is one of the hardest questions in the fucking world to answer. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I feel like it's it is loud here.
1: I think the America thing also adds pressure because the way that like racism has gone down in this country Mm -hmm. and everyone I've heard a TikTok about this recently, and I do think this is a whole separate combo. So everyone just like bear with me as I barely glance over it. But like the way that like racism has come into play here and the way that people are either like white, black, this other, like everyone that's Latin is just Mexican. If you're in California, like the way that people like kind of blanket all these cultures together. But then even in white people, the way that like they have erased any sort of connection because we're not from here, right? Let's mm-hmm. be abundantly clear. But the way they've erased any sort of like connection or narrative to what countries you come from and any culture that they had and just called you white, like that that internalization and jealousy of the no understanding of culture or where you come from mm-hmm. and how that's like embedded into the racist practice and the hierarchical mm-hmm. standards within white people, within clearly Latin people within, like it just all... That's what I. It does feel mm-hmm. very, very, very loud here. Which not yeah. to say this isn't happening everywhere, but just for this my the friends country that have in. an intersectional mm-hmm. experience like you do in the country we live in, like holy fucking shit.
0: Two things just came up for me because A, everyone. I mean, I just think America is unique in the fact that like none of us are fucking from here, and you can't have that conversation none, without yeah, unless acknowledging. You're that's what I was saying. Like you're right. not. You can't have that conversation without acknowledging the fact that it's like this country where like white men rule Mm -hmm. who are not even from here and do everything again just the land of fucking assimilation but assimilation to who because we're not assimilating Mm -hmm. to the ones that were actually from Mm -hmm. here and the land Mm -hmm. that we robbed and the people that we Mm -hmm. destroyed and the communities Mm -hmm. that we ignore Mm -hmm. because like we don't acknowledge any of that oh no that's not who we're assimilating to yeah Whatsoever. But it's even
1: interesting because people that have the intersectionality, like Aaron, like Aaron Mm -hmm. is Black, Filipino, and Native American, but Mm -hmm. that, like, the Native American side is the side he lost most of. And I Mm -hmm. feel like the black and Asian side was something that always was like too black for the Asians, too Asian for the black, whatever. But even that Native American piece was like, that's not even like explored or I don't know what, Mm -hmm. like the connection to that community too. Like you're saying, like it's just all.
0: No, it is. And then the other thing that came up for me too is like, I also (laughs) feel like I, because you know that you and I love accountability and like love, Make it, putting a caveat on everything. But it's like, I feel oh, yeah. like I can't have this conversation without also acknowledging the fact that I'm like super fucking white passing. And like, nobody right. knows that we I'm Cuban until this, yeah. I open my mouth. And so like right. this experience that I'm speaking of is like, I can't even a fucking fraction of the experience right. that people who are brown and mm-hmm. black have had to experience. Because right. like- they're being like, they're being marginalized in a way that like, I have never, I've never experienced. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: And like, that is a fucking ridiculous, unfair privilege. Mm -hmm. And also has then been like tokenized in such a weird way too, where it was always like, I was given certain opportunities at work because Mm -hmm. they wanted a Latina, but they want a digestible Latina. And who's a digestible Latina with light eyes, light skin, and Mm -hmm. hair that's easily straightened.
1: Oh, Aaron was always the one that talked to the cops because they gave him so many lessons to beat the fucking Southern black accent out of him that he was so elegant that like of the friend group, whenever shit went down, like Aaron's the one you present because you can't figure out who
0: he is and he can speak. It's the same fucking narrative. That is, that again, like this is just the fucking tip of the iceberg with this conversation, but just like the racism within the Latin community against our own people And the way that Afro Latinos are just marginalized even more and how that develops within our communities. And then like you look at somebody like Zoe, who's half Mexican, half black Mm
1: -hmm. and has Mm -hmm. Native
0: American in him. And it's like Mm -hmm. he has a side of his family. Like, I mean, I'm not going to speak for his family at all, but like it's just like you see that a lot in those communities of like just such intense racism Mm -hmm. just against like your own fucking people. No, it's the hierarchies within these groups as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's so multi-layered and it's so – I just don't want to diminish the conversation by like watering it down to like our, you know, 30-minute discussion because there is just so much more. No, we're not. We're just – To be had. Yeah. Starting a conversation. Exactly. Like there's just – there's so many – pockets that we could like go into right (laughs) like right right. talk about forever could be the entire podcast theme yeah you know exactly so i just but i just wanted to like present the combo i know we've talked about it before briefly but i'd even be lying to you if i say that sometimes like i actively choose not to talk about it on the podcast oh you said
1: to? did you not immediately say to me we don't talk about my the queer thing for me yeah like that and the only way i can relate to this conversation obviously considering Mm -hmm. my privilege in this department but like that intersectionality and that push pull Mm -hmm. is like really really touchy and personal to speak on and like the pushback you can feel from any and all sides Mm -hmm. is like hard to want to subject yourself to frankly and open up the door that's why I'm like so grateful that you're because I know we've talked about it before I think if it was like season one we unpacked this a little bit I know we talked about in Teffy's episode a little bit but like you and I have this conversation a lot more offline than online Mm -hmm. and I think it's like really beautiful and cool and brave of you to bring that conversation in this space
0: Thanks. And you need it. Like, you're going to make so many people feel so seen. I mean, even just like, bro, like the reason that we Matt and I talk about this all the time. Like, you guys know the reason why we started this podcast is to make people feel less right. alone, seen, heard, and validate all that. But like, the perspective that I bring is also being raised in a Latin community that like doesn't fucking believe in mental health and like, right, right, believes that like you're fucking depressed because you didn't clean your room and you didn't fucking do the dishes and like shut yeah. the fuck up because yeah. you didn't have to immigrate to this country. So like your problems come up. Good don't morning. I saved you. Quite literally. Uh, TikTok. Like, yeah, literally. And that is like something that I just cannot ignore. And like the DMs that I get from like our Latin listeners and the ones that like follow me and like the, like, I just, I feel like I have not done my like duty enough in that department. And mm, you, as much okay. as you and I have those conversations offline, like, I think I just expressed to you guys like sort of where that fear kind of come from, comes from a feeling like I can't Mm -hmm. but like, it's like really all I want to fucking do. Like it really is Mm -hmm. because it's just, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I just think they're, they're not that I am like the fucking voice of anything, but if I can make like one person right, and the way that Becky put it in the interview was like, bring fucking one brick to like add to the bridge. Like, right. Right. I'm happy. I'm happy.
1: Yeah. I do just want to reframe. You're not, not doing your part or showing up for your community. You're learning the ways in which you can feel empowered to do that and actually bring value and tools and a good brick to this bridge. Mm. So just because you Thanks. haven't leaned into how much you want to do that yet, that doesn't mean you're not showing up.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: Also Feel like that.
0: if anybody fucking listening, well, I know the answer. I just need to like call my family more, but like <laughs> my grandparents, no, 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 because I was going to listen to what I was going to say. Cause I was like, okay. I, the people that I spoke the most Spanish to in my family were my grandparents and they're all dead. So like, I can't call them, but yeah. like, I'm said like, that who, like me. they're yeah. all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> but like, I've tried to like go on like Duolingo and maybe I just haven't beat as many levels because I haven't tried, but I'm like, what is other than just like having fucking conversations with people, in my family, because guys, some of them still make fun of me. Okay. Like, I don't know if I want to oh. always talk to them about this, Yeah, but I'm like, I, my, I want my Spanish to get so much better. Cause like, guys, my, also I'm yeah. acting as if I don't speak any Spanish, my conversational Spanish is perfectly fine. I completely get through Of course. Like I'm fine. Right. But like, I want to be able to like present my Conduct like, an interview. I want to like conduct a start full interview in Spanish, start to finish. Yeah. I want to like have like a pitch presentation for like right. investors in Spanish. Like that is the level Absolutely. I'm trying to get to. And so if anybody knows any like apps that they really like or any tips and tricks, everyone's going to be like, again, call your fucking family, you idiot. But like, right. Because conversation is just the way you do it. But
1: my brother said he had a Babel login and he was going to give it to me, but he never did. So maybe I'll berate him for it and then we could use it.
0: Yeah. Because like I go on Duolingo, and maybe again, maybe I just haven't beat the levels, but it's like, are you too young to grow up with Muzzy? I don't know what that is.
1: Oh man. It was like in the nineties, it was this video that I used to watch and they had it in like Spanish and French and whatever. And it was like this. It wasn't like a Barney, but it was like mm. this fake character thing that would like they'd have the same episode in different languages. And it's like how you taught little kids languages. In well, the that's 90s, the best mostly. way. The best be- like, shout out.
0: Conversation, listening to Spanish music and watching right. shows in Spanish. Like my Spanish has gotten so much better just because all I fucking l- listen to is Latin music. And I'm not watching any shows in Spanish right now, but like over the pandemic, I was watching a lot of TV in Spanish. Cool. That was really helpful. So, like, that is the best way. So, I just kind of answered my own question. Anyway, we gotta go.
1: We really gotta go. But this, thank you so much for this unpacking. Let's continue to unpack it. Let's continue to not be afraid to show up and only speak to two or three pockets and know that that barely scratches the surface of the conversation. And yet, they're still worth having.
0: Thank you for having the convo with me. And we really thank whenever you, you Thank you for ready, letting me because I can't relate as much. No, but you so can thank because Thank you for letting me hold that space. Thank you. Like I I know you can't relate in the Latin capacity, but like I would love when you feel ready, because it is a conversation we've had offline about like unpacking the intersectionality of the queer your side queerness. of it. Yeah. Let's we could do it next time. I'm sure a lot of fucking people relate to that too.
1: I love you. Anyway, we love you all. Thank you guys for you. listening.
0: Ciao with a CH. Yeah, fucking these bitches, there? when I became friends with them, I would text them, chow, goodbye, and they'd be like, oh, I you yes, like, not." Nice. it's spelled with an I.
1: It's spelled with an I, not an H.
0: I'm like, White they're bitches. I know. fucking rude. Yeah, conquerors. All right, I love you. <laughs> How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening you go. Thanks, Abe. Gotcha.